Hey guys, I'm Hallie. And I'm Jamie. And this is Literal Nonsense. Hey guys, welcome back to Literal Nonsense Podcast. Thank you guys for all the support from our first episode. We're so excited about it. Um, And in the process of releasing our first episode, we now are wherever you guys can get your podcasts. So we're on Spotify, Pandora. We made a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. We're still up and waiting for Apple and Google, but we will announce when we are now on there. Yes. So we're working on that. We also have an Instagram page that you guys can follow for updates. We have a Facebook page as well. Um, We'll be hosting discussions on there. If you guys want to submit theories for us to talk about, we would also love that. Everything is literal nonsense podcast. Everything. Like, spam, subscribe, push notifications on, do it all. Share it. (laughs) Share it to your friends. Yeah, anyone you know who reads, send it to them. And so we're pumped. We hope you guys are pumped. Yeah. And so (laughs) we're ready for part two of this book. So in this episode, we will be discussing... The whole second half of the book, and we'll finish it up. So we will be talking about... Chapters 24 to 46, which is pages like 212, I think, and to the end. Yep. And so then we'll really get into it. The second half of this book picks up. The first part, definitely, as we mentioned in the last episode, like snooze fest. Because all backstory. And yes, this part two is also backstory, but things pick up and there's more at stake now. And so let's get into it. All right. So last week we ended with Feyre starting to become vulnerable. Um, She's getting used to being in Perithian. We noticed her painting. She's not locking her door. She's showing Tamlin her paintings. He removed the glamour. And also she wore a dress for the first time. So that was where we ended last week. And so let's get into the second half of this book. So jumping uh, right on in. Favor wakes up one morning and she's scared out of her mind because there's this bird looking creature in her room. (laughs) And she's asking like, where's Alice? And she's like, what? And we spoiler this is alice (laughs) she's like is alice unwell and she goes are you out of your right mind so um switch up since tamlin removed the glamour everybody is now looking how they truly look and apparently alice is some bird creature she like yeah she's like a tree bark skin yeah yeah so she looks completely different to the point that pharaoh didn't recognize her and this is like her true fairy form which they glamored to not like scare her originally yeah but then didn't tell her so now of course she's scared yeah and to make things worse she goes downstairs and there's like a thousand people running around the house and she's like (laughs) where did all these people come from but it turns out tamlin had glamored all of them to make her feel more comfortable yes and so she even brings up a point and she says when i was following my father who you know wasn't her father he was the puka into the woods did all these people see me and tamlin's like yep like they (laughs) were laughing at you basically so now she's embarrassed she's like oh there were people here this entire time yeah it's like an episode of punked you know yeah (laughs) she's been punked 
Yeah, and then um, so then she goes outside, and there's a fey head <laughs> on a spike, like in on the grounds. Yeah, I think it was like um in a fountain. Oh, yeah. like it was like a a bird statue in the fountain. <laughs> it's like a wren with like those pointy beaks, yeah. and the head was just <laughs> right on it. Jump scare. Um, so Tamlin basically says it's from the night court. So now we're introduced to a new court, which we haven't really delved much into. And I feel like that was like a way to like instill some fear into Feyre and kind of like as the reader, you're like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Right. And so A, now she doesn't recognize any servants. She's spooked. Now there's a head on a fountain like mm-hmm. the whole statue's covered in blood. And so we're starting to realize things are really going downhill. And so, yeah, so you have no idea what's going on as the reader. You just know this night court is apparently evil since they're putting severed heads on fountains. And Tamlin even says, oh, the night court is deadly, but this is only their lord's idea of a joke. So we're like, well, what is going on what here? What sick, perverted... <laughs> person thinks of that right and then they talk a little bit more and he basically tells her even though there's a severed head you're completely safe here and she's like yay great (laughs) and at the end i just want to make this point for us to remember she tells him you never made me feel like a prisoner never made me feel like little more than chattel so I want us to just remember mm. that she says that. Interesting. I didn't realize. I forgot she said that. Right. And I just saw it. I was like, ooh, this, we should mention this. That's major. And so she's just feeling a little weird. But now it's summer solstice. So she rallies. Just like all other parts of this book, something horrible happens. And Feyre, our queen of ignoring things, yeah. moves on with her life. So it is summer solstice. And it's a whole huge celebration, right? It's this happy day. There's music. There's dancing. Um, Tamlin tells Feyre, Solstice celebrates when the sun outshines the night. As the longest day of the year, it's a time when everyone can take down their hair and simply enjoy being a fairy. Not hey fay or fairy, just us, nothing else. So basically this means that all kinds of festive happiness is happening. Um, and she compares it in direct contrast to Calamai. She's like, this is light and joyous and open, a mirthful sister to the bloodthirsty fire night. <laughs> so she's like, I hated that. Mirthful. <laughs> but as fun as it is, right, there is the dancing, there is the singing. She's drinking the fairy wine. Lucian's like, girl, stop that, because she's acting all a fool with her dancing. She's really letting her hair down. Yeah. Her clean hair. Yeah, right, her (laughs) clean hair. And I do want to mention, at a certain point, she's dancing to this crazy fae music, and she looks over, and there is her man, and he (laughs) is playing the fiddle. And he's killing it. Yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> of all the like instruments that like he could play, yeah. she chose a fiddle. Right, and I feel like he had even mentioned in the beginning, like, if I wasn't destined to be High Lord, I could have been like a traveling yes, musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that makes you sound just so... What do they call those? A bard? 
or like, like a minstrel in like the old times when they yeah. would like travel and sing songs to people yeah yeah i mean i just hate it and i and i could imagine him doing yeah, that for sure like that should have been his path <laughs> and so she sees him playing his fiddle and mind you she's eating that shit up she's like my fiddle and man <laughs> like getting hot and bothered Ew. by this guy on the fiddle and so she dances for him, which is super cringy also. Yeah. Fiddle coupled by her dancing in front of him is just no, strong now. Not it. Um, and he tells her, okay, let's go take a walk. Thank God. Please end our torture. <laughs> and so he brings her to this super cool field with all these like will-o'-the-wisps, mm-hmm. which I liked that. Yeah, that and was cool. And danced through that. Romantic. Yes. Loved it. Felt the vibe. But again, Tamlin kills the vibe. <laughs> He's looking at her and he says... I'm thinking I might kiss you, which I'm like, eh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, tr- I could understand like how, like if they're like nuzzled up close and he's just like, yeah. Or right, like a little cute ask, making sure she wants it. Yeah, I support it, but like, ew. And then she says, <laughs> "Then do it." Like <laughs> you're both horrible in this moment. Oh my god! I think of like in Shrek the movie with that like little kid. He's like, "Do the roar." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just I don't like any of it. And then no. it says, "His lips brushed mine, testing soft and warm." He pulled back a little. He was still staring at me, and I stared right back. Like, oh my god. I just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. It's just, like, very childish. Yes, yes. It's very... It's giving, like, first kiss in middle school. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, she's had sex before. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been screwing a guy in a barn. I guess... I don't know. It's, and he's like, It's supposed Ooh. to be more, like, cutesy and, like, lovey, like, you know, because now she's more comfortable with him. So, like, he's not taking, like, that bad boy approach, you know? He's like, oh, I want to make you feel safe and loved. But let's keep in mind, this comes directly after he just bit her fucking neck. Oh, yeah. I forgot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, right? And that's why that bite was so... Well, because that was Kalamai. He was overtaken by the magic of the land. <sighs> Right. I think they, like, take shrooms and, like, then, like, it's just, like, unleashed. Oh, they're definitely doing drugs on Kalamai. (laughs) And, like, a fairy wine definitely has, like, LSD in it. (laughs) Like, they're loving it. Um, So even though we're hating a little bit on Summer Solstice, Feyre does describe it as the happiest moment of her life. Which is sad. It is. And I think... I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's part of why SJM points that out, right? Mm -hmm. It definitely is a magical moment. It's nice. She's having her first kiss with the guy she likes. They're kind of starting to realize, okay, this is a romantic relationship we're having. We're dancing. There's music. But that being said, it's like a normal summer celebration. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's the happiest moment of her entire life, I think SJM puts that there to point out just how tragic her life really has been. Yeah. This is true. And in SJM fashion, <laughs> so she has the happiest moment of her life, and then SJM ruins the moment. Right. Humbles us right back down, and the next day, her, Lucian, and Tamlin are all talking, and basically Lucian goes, oh, two dozen Winter Court kids have been slaughtered because <laughs> of this blight. And he goes on to describe that um, Fae children are super rare, so the fact that two dozen have been murdered or killed because of this blight is like a very Mm -hmm. huge tragedy in their world, especially. So yeah, SJM 
bring us right back down. Happiest day, and then it's like children are dying. Great. Right. Um, but also, while they're sitting together, all of a sudden the mood completely changes, and Pharaoh gets shoved behind the curtains in the, I guess they're in the dining room, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this presence that comes into the room, and cue the morally gray man. Right. She looks and goes, I'd met him before. He'd saved me from those three fairies on fire night. So that guy that we were super intrigued about, here he is. He's back. He's back and we're so excited. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And so we learned his name. His name is Reese or Reesand. Reesand. Yep. So he's here. And we also find out that he's the High Lord of the Night Court. Right. So this is the guy who stuck somebody's head on a stick. Yeah. And I can only imagine, like, what the hell is going through Freya's mind. Right, because she's like, he saved me, mm-hmm. but he's clearly severing heads out here. And so they're also referring to him as Amarantha's whore. So you're like, who is Amarantha? Why is this man her whore? And he even says, her whore I might be, but not without my reasons. So you're like, what the fuck is going on? I think this is like when like Pandora's box is opened. Yes. Yeah. Because I really everything from this point on just goes downhill. Absolutely. And because it really goes downhill when he notices a third place setting at the dining room table. Yes. And he gets pissed. And he's like, who are you hiding from me? Right. And so Lucian makes up some bullshit ass lie. And he's like... (laughs) My betrothed. And you're like, what the fuck, Lucian? <laughs> I don't, he comes out nowhere with that one. But I mean, as you can imagine, guess what? The curtain gets pulled back and there's Feyre. Right. And then he even says to her, if you were wise, you would be screaming and running from this place, from these people. And then basically she looks confused as fuck because she is. Yeah. And he goes, oh, she doesn't know, does she? And so now it's like the band-aids ripped off. She's like, what don't I know? What have Lucian and Tamlin been hiding from me? And so he basically just starts tormenting them. Yeah. And Tamlin, uh, in Tamlin fashion, is literally groveling at Rasan's feet. like Which is so pathetic. And I just think it's funny because, as we will see, Tamlin does this. Quite often when he's, like, in a situation that he's trying to get out of. Right, because basically Reese starts threatening them. I will tell Amarantha who you are. Get her out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know what they'll do to her? And so, literally, Tamlin presses his forehead to the floor and grovels at Reese's feet. Mm -hmm. Which is just... I mean, you're both high lords, right? So, in theory, you should be essentially equal, which... We find out in a little bit that Reese is the strongest, most powerful High Lord in history, but they're still pretty equivalent in some senses of the word, right? Yeah. And so but, this guy is groveling. Well, you know what's like so funny? It's like, well, he's his forehead is to the floor. Rasan is like, you're far too desperate. <laughs> right. Like even he's like, Dude. it's off-putting. Becoming High Lord made you so boring. And right. Tamlin's like, are you going to tell Amarantha? And he's like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Like, I'll see how I feel. <laughs> right, because he's fucking with him. Because he almost is like, dude, have a set of balls. Yeah. You know, like, I'm telling you to beg. 
but maybe you should have put up a fight yeah. instead of diving to the make, floor. Yeah, work, like make me work for it a little bit, you know? Right. And so then Reese asks Feyre, what's her name? And she says the first name that comes to her head, which is Claire Better. That's going to be relevant in a little bit. So just remember that is who she says she is. And so after this visit, Tamlin is scared fucking shitless and is like, Feyre, gotta go home. Yep. I'm releasing you. Um, I'm sending you home. Which is crazy because this is like probably such a traumatic, insane moment for her. And, you know, all the beautiful moments that they've had together in the spring court. He's just like, yeah, nah, sorry, this isn't going to work out. You gotta, you gotta leave. And even she's like, I don't understand. What about the treaty you told me about? (laughs) Um, And then she's asking who Amarantha is. And he's like, didn't you read between the lines? And she's like, no, you're not telling me anything. And so basically, she's even like, do I have to leave for a week? (laughs) I feel like if like, Farah wasn't, like, if she wasn't spending all her time in the woods and like, maybe got like, an education and stuff, she would have been on to the stuff like, earlier. Maybe, but I also think they didn't give her much to work off. Like, she knows something's wrong. She's mm-hmm. smart enough to realize that, at least. They're just not... They keep saying they're hinting at things. They're not. Like, they're really trying their best to make it hard for yeah, her. Yeah, they're brushing it off. Right. And so, he basically is like, you gotta go home. And because he's following his typical Tamlin fashion, this is the first time they have sex. So, because he's sending her away... A farewell. Yeah, which... What, like, a pussy move. Yeah. You're finally making your feelings known as you're sending her home, right? Mm-hmm. And A, you're a pussy for more than one reason. <laughs> you are sending her home because Reese just scared the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And B, you're sending her home and then having sex with her and making yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it doesn't matter how she feels. I'm going to just push her off. And going on that train of thought, as she's falling asleep after they have sex – he, like, whispers, I love you. Yeah. As she's literally falling asleep, Come so she on. can't answer. Come on. Like, are you afraid of rejection? I think I think he is. But then he really is stupid because I feel like the person that Farah is, like, she literally has nothing. Her whole life now is the spring court because she is a part of this treaty. Right. So I, I agree with what you're saying, actually. So, I mean, even, I mean, technically she is his prisoner, but, like... Yeah, like you know I don't. Say? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that he's nervous of her rejection. I think that just being vulnerable. I don't know what his deal is, but he takes like a pussy cop out every time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, obviously we are very upset um, that he would do this, but so is Lucian. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lucian honestly feels the same way we do. Like he is pissed, so pissed, and you know. Like, while she's leaving, he makes a comment. Um, was it to Tamlin? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, he's speaking yeah. to Tamlin. Yeah, he's like, you're not even going to give her a few more days, just a few, before you send her back to that human cesspit? So he's pissed. And he... Tamlin's like, it's not up for discussion, like, go away. Which, we're going to notice this is a theme with Tamlin. No discussions to be had. Mm-hmm. Tamlin's way or the highway. Always. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, I'm sending her home. And she's, like, shoved in this on the horse. And it's like, yep, yep, let's go. And off she goes. And 
She's upset, obviously, but she knows she has no choice. And again, as she's fucking leaving, Tamlin tells her, I love you. As she's literally pulling off. Yeah. So again, no room for her to answer physically. Or I also think, honestly, he's not giving her any room or space to process that he's saying these things. Mm -hmm. Giving her a chance to answer or reciprocate. And all she has to do is say, I love you back. And all their problems... Would be fixed. Right. And he knows that and he's not giving it a chance. So I do think that shows that he does love her and he's getting her out of harm's way. So we'll find out again that her love would fix everything. I think he's putting that aside because he does love her and is trying to save her. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make me like him. No. I think it just is all stupid decisions one after another. No. But I think like with the first read... Like, because you're just, like, you have no idea what's going on. You're like, oh, my God. Like, well, right, because you don't know. crazy. You also don't know that her I love you would do anything. Yeah, exactly. On the second read that you know that, you're like, you're a dumbass. dude, yeah. like, you're making horrible choices. Yeah, like, let's get it together, bro. And he doesn't get it together. And so, <laughs> Feyre goes home. She, indeed, back to the human realms, she goes. And she rides up to a giant manor, and she's like, what the What an upgrade. Hell? Yeah. And so- In the woods, no more. No, no more uh, little shack for them. And so Elaine comes running out. She's super happy. And as per usual, Nesta is super cold. We're going to find out a little bit more about that in a second. And so Elaine, when they start speaking, she first of all notices a difference in Feyre. Says, you look happier. You look physically different. Mm -hmm. She's like glowing. Right. And so we notice that right away. And then Elaine also tells her, oh, yeah, this is crazy. All those ships of our fathers that sunk, turns out they didn't sink. We're super rich. Yeah. And then she also cues us into the story that like Tamlin made them believe that Feyre went to go stay with the rich aunt and Elaine's like, I wrote you all these letters. Didn't you get them? And Feyre was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, is that what you were doing? <laughs> right. She's like, ah oh, man, I was so busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Elaine kind of serves as our point of reference. We find out what has been going on since Feyre has been gone. We find out, you know, Tamlin couldn't just give them all these riches with no explanation. We know what he spun for them, the story he spun for Feyre as well. And now when Feyre's back home, she goes into town and we see Isaac again, our buddy. Oh, he came back. Which Farm he seems, boy. <laughs> right. He seems so relevant after but, all this. Yeah, but he's with a lady. He is. He's with his new wife. Yeah. And Feyre doesn't give a shit. No, and she doesn't. And I think... It's honestly nice because as she's looking at them, the wife looks at them kind of like, ooh, what's going on here? Because Mm -hmm. they both look at each other with, you know, meaning. And she says, after they passed each other, I smiled broadly at him, at them both, and bowed my head, wishing them well with my entire heart. So she's like, fine. Mm -hmm. She never loved him. We know she didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And she even says, human. He seemed so human. With his gangly limbs, his simple <laughs> handsomeness. And she's like just shitting on his human traits. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm above this now. Yeah, I've upgraded. Sorry. I need to just date Fey men only. Well, she does. Right. <laughs> um, 
So anyways, she ends up, um, she goes back to the house. I don't know. She has a conversation with Nesta. And Nesta's like, yeah, well, you know what? This is so nice. Elena's so happy that you're home. But whatever that beast told us didn't work on me. She was like, I knew you were taking over the wall. And I knew you weren't with this rich aunt. And we also find out that Nesta tried to go after Feyre. Which is crazy. She was willing to risk her life to cross over into Prithian to get her sister back when she wouldn't even chop wood for her. And actually, I realized just now when I said the mercenary never comes back, kind of technically she does because Nesta goes, I hired that mercenary from town to bring me a week after you were taken. So I guess she served the point of bringing Nesta to the wall or yeah. into the woods. But yeah, Nesta, this cold-hearted bitch, went after her. Yeah. And, you know, I think that just goes to show that um, Nesta really does care about Feyre in her own sick way. Um, because even Feyre was like, you you did that for me? And Nesta was like, well, it wasn't right. Like, you know, I I guess she felt like a duty as an older sister, too. Which is interesting, like you just said, because she's never felt that before. And I think this maybe is... She's je- she, maybe she was jealous. Right? She maybe Nessa like, wanted to be the chosen one. <laughs> she was like, can a Faye come and take me, please? Yeah. But I think this is also the first time that Feyre ever acknowledges and understands Nesta in some fashion, right? Yeah. Because she even says, but she had cared beneath it. She had cared and perhaps loved more fiercely than I could comprehend more deeply and loyally. So I think Feyre's finally like, oh, this cold facade she has going on. Maybe like this is just her mm-hmm. way of loving and her defense mechanism yeah. from like our childhood. And so because of this little moment of clarity for Feyre, Feyre tells Nesta the truth. Yes. She's like, I'm going to tell you the whole story. Tells her all about these Fae. Um, there's a blight. Her high lord. Right. Tells her just all the tea. And Nesta must be shocked. Yeah. She's Can prob- you imagine? No. <laughs> I'd be like, you are probably like still on some type of drugs, whatever they gave you. Like, are you hallucinating? Right. And in this moment, I'm sure Nesta's shocked beyond words. Like, mm-hmm. I'd also be convinced that she was on drugs. But because I think now Favor's also opening up to her, Nesta's opening up back. It's kind of going back and forth, and we're seeing this first moment of closeness with them. And so Nesta admits that she hated Feyre, basically, which is crazy because, again... She supported you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she said that she hated Feyre for doing the things that she couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. She was supporting the family and she kind of resented her. But then she also makes it a point to say, but I resented our father more. Yeah, because he did nothing to help their mom when she was dying. And she also says too, right? On top of letting the mom die, and Nesta was older at that point, so she was very aware mm-hmm. that the mom was dying. And... She even said, you know, when Feyre was out hunting, she almost wanted to, like, test the father by not helping and getting more food. Yeah, to see if he would do anything. Right. And like, he if he would actually go out and fight for us, I couldn't take care of us not the way you did. I hated you for that, but I hated him more. Because, again, he let the mom die, and then he got his kneecap broken. He started whittling wood. Well, how is that going to feed anyone? Yeah. And so, yeah, Nesta pretty much just opens her dirty laundry and is like, this is how I felt about it. And it's kind of a bonding moment for them, right? And so 
They continue talking. They have a nice family dinner. And again, big bomb dropped. So we find out in conversation, oh no, the Better's Mansion is burnt Burn, down. Yep. And Feyre's like, uh-oh. Yeah. She was, I need to go back to Prithian because right. she's worried about Tamlin and like what else may have happened while she was sent away. Right. And I think, I believe they also mentioned, I'm not sure if this is evident or not, but Claire's body is missing. So I think she's like, oh, there's foul play. Yeah. Something's going on. And if they took a human, like what happened? Mm -hmm. So Feyre ends up going back to Prithian and she gets to the manor and it's destroyed. And she finds Alice and Alice kind of tells her the whole story of mm-hmm. this quote-unquote blight is actually this ex-Highburn commander named Amarantha. And so, circling back to the 50 years ago, mm-hmm. she, Amarantha, came over from Highburn and she hosted this big ball and the spring court was all wearing masks. And at that ball she took away or like nullified all of the phase powers but the reason why spring court was hit the hardest was because tamlin refused to bed her right which is crazy because we're seeing this cringy ass man and he refuses her number one which is crazy because he's fucking random fairies in caves yeah and then she's so tight and bothered about this fiddling fairy man yes that she curses the entire continent (laughs) yes but we also find out that her sister Mm, yes um had a human lover and he like betrayed her so amarantha hates humans because her her sister ended up getting killed by Mm -hmm. her human lover and so she's really got like major beef with i guess everyone Right, like, she already hates the humans because of this betrayal and, you know, her sister's murder. Mm -hmm. And then... Well, she hates it even... She hates it even before that because of the treaty that was signed. Yes. Because she was working for Highburn, and Highburn hates the treaty that was signed, so he hates the humans, and he hates the High Fae and Prithian. Right, so there's, like, mad layers to her hatred. It runs deep. Yeah, there's, there's a lot here to unpack. So, yeah, there really is. So basically, yes, let's, like... Break it down. So Highburn already hates the treaty because they're on this small island. The treaty does not benefit them. They think the humans are less than them. Okay, great. That's part one. Part two, Amarantha's sister had a human lover. It was like, yay, unity of fae and humans. Not the case. The human betrays her. He ends up killing her. Mm-hmm. So now Amarantha's like part two of why I hate humans, right? Now... Tamlin, when he was a little boy, used to go to Highburn with his father. Yes. Like, they had, like, you know, um, um, a partnership. Yeah. They had, like, the... Trading? Yeah. They had, like, the best um, relationship, I guess you could say, out of all the other courts. Courts in Highburn, right. So Highburn, Which is, like, hmm. Correct. Hmm. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Um, and so Tamlin knew Amarantha from when they were younger, right? And so Tamlin also hates her because (laughs) Lucian was sent to Highburn to kind of be an emissary to have peace, right? After all this treaty, Tamlin's like, let's reopen trading. She refused and Lucian got a little sassy as he does. And in repayment for his sass, 
she cuts out Lucian's eye. Oh, yes, yes. So he's, she sends Lucian back a bloody, disgusting mess. Tamlin is so upset. Um, they also mention kind of as a reminder and a similarity in the book that Tamlin vomited when he saw Lucian. So kind of like Lucian vomited when he saw the fairy's wings cut off. Yeah. We're seeing this like really gruesome and, you know, very reactive bodily reaction to what's being done. These horrible torture methods. Okay. So now this is all happening. That's our base setup. Mm-hmm. Now Amarantha's like, mm, JK guys, I actually want to throw you a party because mm-hmm. that was really fucked up what I did to Lucian. Oopsies. I'll throw you a party. It's going to be mm-hmm. great. They go to this party under the mountain. And now at this party, the reason they're wearing masks is because she was like, ah, I cut his eye out. Everyone wear masks so that we can't see his horrible, disgusting face. Yeah. Great. So now she tries to come on Tamlin. She's like, hey there, buddy. <laughs> like, I want to go to bed with you. And he's like, you cut my friend's eyeball out. Yes. Fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so he says in front of everyone that he would sooner take a human to his bed, sooner marry a human than ever touch her. Now, think so, of all of our history. Yeah, so Amarantha's like, hmm, now you're going to eat your words. So basically, she said, fuck you. They all did a toast. Somehow there was like a spell on that drink. Mm-hmm. Great. And so she cursed them all. Now that's how the spring court's masks are stuck to their face. And now all the high lords and all the courts are under her power. And she says to them, if you ever want to break the curse, the only way to do it is for Tamlin to break the curse. And he need only find a human girl willing to marry him. But not just any girl, of course, because that wouldn't be specific enough. (laughs) But a human girl with ice in her heart, with hatred for our kind, a human girl willing to kill a fairy. So that is how we get to where we are now. (laughs) So Feyre killed a fairy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my god. And I love him. And Alice is like, you stupid girl. Like, why (laughs) didn't you figure this out? (laughs) Mind you, we just spent like five minutes literally meticulously explaining it because that's how complex it is and alice is like how did you not realize <laughs> like and no Fa- shit yeah and fair was like this was all a lie like i can't believe this yeah and alice i think even tells her that there was oh yeah there is no treaty yeah at all so that whole thing where tamlin's like you need to come spend your life in Prithian, mm-hmm. not true and, you know, in order for them to get out of this predicament that they were all in, Tamlin was literally sending one of his um, soldiers, like, every day into the human lands, hoping that one of them will get killed so that he can pretend that this treaty was a thing and take over the human. Right. So to he, did, he did all the work. And then, like, two days before the years were up, he was like, fair, go home. Yeah. What? Like... And I do, again, I think that's because he really loved her and he was like, I'm not willing to risk her, like... I will doom us all to this fate to save her, which stupid, but admirable. Yeah, I guess. Well, however you want to slice and dice it, now they're even in a worse off situation than they were before. So yes, now Farrah's like, well, where are they? Like, where is everyone? Where's Tamlin? And she was like, oh, they're under the mountain. And right. Farrah's like, take me there. Nalus is like, you're an idiot. You're going to die there. And she was like, I have to go. Yeah, and so Alice kind of is just resigned, and she's like, I'll take you, but you're going to die. And so Alice takes Feyre. Now, 
I want to talk, I think, a little bit about this curse. I'm mixed on if I think it's just too specific and too like, wow, this was perfect. It's a book, Jamie. Of course, it's going to work out exactly but... the way it's supposed to. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I just think like it almost is like this first book compared to the rest of the series, mm-hmm. which we will talk about. This first book is definitely very like Beauty and the Beast, yeah. 80s Persephone, like very, oh, there's this magical curse and there's masks on your face (laughs) and i think compared to the rest of the series this comes off as a little corny oh for sure i mean that was more what i meant (laughs) okay gotcha well yeah i mean i agree for sure but i think it's just because it has to be okay as a writer right you kind of you need to write things flowery kind of at the beginning or you're gonna start with devastation you have to do something to hook some the reader in, right? So being that this is high fantasy and romanticy, like that whole genre, like I feel like it has to be like cutesy and then like, oh my God, and then cutesy again and then like, oh my God. And for things to like be so close to working out and then it's ripped away and then right. there's a hero, you know, who comes and saves the day. Right. And I do see what you're saying. I think I just lean more towards start me off with devastation. Okay. Well, yeah, because I would agree with you, but we are sick people. So I feel like that's the shit that we like. Yeah. Like maybe everyone else is like, this wasn't corny at all. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, give us bloodshed. (laughs) The fey head on the spike was not enough. (laughs) Right. Well, guess what? We're going to get some bloodshed. (laughs) So Feyre is taken to the tunnel that leads under the mountain. Alice is like, see you later. Okay, great. And so... She goes under the mountain, she's in the tunnels, and pretty much right away, the adder finds her. Oh, boy. <laughs> because she's not very stealthy, which you think she would be after years in the woods, but she is not. <laughs> and so the adder finds her and brings her into the throne room where Amarantha and all of them are waiting. And pretty much immediately as she walks into the throne room, she sees Claire's body. Dangling from dangling, the ceiling. Dangling, tortured, yeah. bloody Again, Nasty. give us the devastation. Yeah, like a Halloween prop for <laughs> Here sure. It is. Can you imagine like you're going to save your man mm-hmm. under the mountain and you're like, yeah, like let's do this. This creature, this nasty creature, the adder finds you and he's like, oh, my precious, I'm going to bring you to my master. She walks into this massive fucking throne room and there's all these fae and then there's just a human body dangling from the ceiling. Yeah, I wouldn't be super thrilled. I'd be like, oh, I think I made a mistake. I'm going back home. Yeah. And <laughs> Amarantha's like, hmm, what did you bring me? Like, who is this? Right. Which I think was interesting because, like, I don't know, just the way that she came off, you're like, hmm. Like, she seems a little playful, mm-hmm. which you know is going to be dangerous. Yes. Right. And so even at this point, now Amarantha's also a little pissed because – she goes to Reese and she's like, who's the girl dangling from the ceiling? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen this girl. Like, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> like, so he's lying. So that's a little mm-hmm. uh, point for us that we're like, what's his deal? Yes. This is suspicious. And so she's in the room. She's meeting all these people, right? We also see Amaranth on top of her being a little, like, sly, sarcastic, fun mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Guess who's next to her? Tamlin. <laughs> <laughs> which were like and her hands great. are like prowling up his leg yes and on her hand is this eye 
And there's a finger bone around her neck and an eye and a ring. Mm-hmm. And Feyre's like, oh my god, that's the human that like betrayed her sister. So yes. we learn his name is Jurian. Yes. Um, and Feyre's like, oh, this lady's nuts. Yeah, she's like abort mission. So she's in trouble. And now this psycho woman is stealing up her man. Yeah. And the whole time, like, Feyre's trying to like catch Tamlin's attention and he refuses to look at her like he's looking everywhere but her and imagine that imagine you go save your man and you're like oh there's a dead body dangling from the ceiling tortured she has a (laughs) fucking eyeball and a finger bone as jewelry and you're like I came to save the one I love and he won't even make eye contact yeah Uh, that is fucked up and so even though he won't look at her She's like, I come to claim Tamlin. He's mine. I want him back. And so Amarantha goes, okay, you know what? Fine. I'll make a bargain with you. Sounds good. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. And she goes, you complete three tasks of my choosing. Three tasks to prove how deep that human sense of loyalty and love runs. And Tamlin is yours. So this kind of circles back to my point before about the curse and it was like a little corny mm-hmm. three tasks comes off to me little corny <laughs> it just is very childhood fairy tale with a twist for sure and like a dark concept added yeah but and again maybe this is because I'm thinking of how in depth and how original the rest of the series gets and I appreciate that I feel like this first book kind of just feels like an author who goes, oh, we retell Beauty and the Beast or all the classic childhood fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And it just comes off as kind of, eh. Well, and also, like, I feel like Amarantha as well, when we get deeper into the books, she's kind of, like, not the most menacing. Like, they face harsher shit. Right, like, she's like a fairy tale villain. Yeah, but I think maybe the reason why it's, like, very petty and, like, childlike is because she is petty. Right, like, she's literally doing all this because this guy wouldn't have sex with her. Yeah, she's, like, a scorned teenager. Yeah, so that could, like, add to, like, she's, like, doing all this just for her own amusement. She could literally just kill Feyre right there, and she's like, haha, let's Mm -hmm. see you do three tasks. And it's like, all right, relax, lady. Yeah, she's really making a show out of this. And she even says, let's add another element. And (laughs) And she says, you complete all the tasks... Or when you can't stand it anymore, all you have to do is answer one question. A riddle. You solve the riddle and his curse will be broken instantaneously. So again, kind of going to the point, not only do we have the corny concept of three tasks, we now have a mystery riddle. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like Amarantha's just like taken plays out of all the little fairy tale books. Yeah, it's a little snatchier, snatchier. So, again, I don't hate it. I just think the other books get better. So if you... The depth isn't there right now. Right. And so if you're, like, dissuaded because of, like, oh, this is kind of Beauty and the Beast, Hades, Persephone, tasks, riddles, not my thing, kind of corny, I Hold encourage on. you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Because it's not this corny the whole time. Well, this is just, like, a step. Right. I feel like this book is just, a, like, an introduction. Right, like even this whole Amaranthus curse and stuff. Yeah. Literally book two feels like a whole different series. Well, you, well, that's the thing, right? Like you need it to be simple enough that like it's easy to read and like engage your audience because I feel like off the bat, like if you really just dive in, 
you're going to lose people. Well, we had said that too, right? Looking at the map of Prithian way in the beginning, she's only in the spring court. Yeah. We know there's more courts. We know she'll probably go there eventually and explore this whole fae world. But we're starting small for the first book just to introduce plot points. Yeah. So I do agree with that. And I think it does engage the reader. I just think if you're a reader who's seeing this and thinking, oh, I want more depth, you will get it. Yeah, for sure. And so this is not the end all of tasks. <laughs> <laughs> and so she tells her this and then they beat the shit out of her. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, before they beat the shit out of her. <laughs> I was like, get her. Um you know, Amaranth is like, so, like, is this agreed? Are we doing this? And Tamlin, like, looks at Feyre and his eyes widen. And she says, like, it's like a clear no. And, but she's, I, she's thinking in her head, like, I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that she loves Tamlin with a fierceness that swept up her whole heart. Because she knows that he still loves her. And she's just like... Agreed. And then she goes, okay, give her a greeting worthy of my court or something. And, and now they beat the shit, <laughs> beat out, of the shit out of her. <laughs> they literally, yeah, she says, I became their punching bag. <laughs> no, they literally kick her, like, and fuck her up. Yeah. And then she wakes up and she's in a cell. Right. So she, basically, her reward, quote unquote, for accepting these challenges mm-hmm. is we're going to beat you up and throw you in a cell. Yeah, exactly. So she's in the cell, obviously she's, like, not functional because she, like, can't even move. And lo and behold, Lucian shows up. And I remember reading that for the first time and I was like, oh my god, like, he does care about her. Like, they are friends. Well, I think that comes full circle, right? He didn't help her. (laughs) True. (laughs) When the Naga were coming after her. Yeah. And so I think maybe he probably feels a sense of guilt and he's like, okay, now like I know she needs that. Like I just watched her literally get her ass kicked. She clearly needs some kind of help. Yeah. Let me go help her. And I think that could be him being like, all right. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like pulls a Tamlin and he's like, you shouldn't have come Pharaoh. Like, why are you here? Don't you understand? Like you're being foolish. And she's like, well, I'm here now. So, you know, we just have to deal with it. Right. Like she's like, I can't just say never mind." Yeah. And Lucia now realizes that Pharaoh knows the whole story. Right. And he's like, all right. So damn, you know, everything she's like, okay, dude, my nose is broken. Don't really care. Help me. And so he fixes her a little bit as much as he can without kind of getting caught or in trouble. Um, And then he disappears. Yeah, that's really it. He's like, all right, well, uh, see you later, I guess. You're going to have to do these three tasks. Yeah. So she's thrown back into the throne room. And so Amarantha finds out that Lucian was the one who patched her up. Yes. And she's not happy. And... To kind of get back at her for that, she's asking Feyre's name and Feyre won't tell her her name. So now that she's kind of pissed that Lucian helped her out, she brings Lucian forward and is like, what is her name? And she's going to torture him or even kill him to get this information out of him. And Feyre now also has a soft spot for Lucian. And so she just blurts her name out because she doesn't want to see him get killed. You know, she knows he just helped her. Yeah. She knows that he's on her team, he's on her side, and she's like, okay, like, saying my name is really not going to matter that much. 
Um, she does fear for her family, you know, what saying her name will bring them. Um, but she even mentions that she could have wept with relief when she didn't ask for my family name. So she only asked her first name. So she's like, all right, that's fine. I'll answer it because really, how are you going to figure out anything else? So she feels fine with that. And she saves Lucian's life in the process. Now, this whole time, Lucian's about to get murdered because she won't say her name. She's clearly tortured in the cell. Tamlin is doing nothing. Yeah. And are we surprised? No. And she's confused. Like, maybe we're not surprised, right? Because that's clearly evident from when she first walked in. He did nothing. Yeah. He's still doing nothing. But she's even like, why did Tamlin do nothing? Say nothing. Won't say anything. Won't yell out nothing at all. He is just bland. He doesn't even have an expression on his face. Mm -hmm. And you can also start to see, like, her frustration because she wants to solve this riddle. And she, (laughs) she can't think of what the answer is. Which... Okay, so on my first read, I did figure it out. I didn't. (laughs) So I'm going to read it. (laughs) And if you haven't read the book, let us know if you figured it out. If you have read the book, let us know thinking back if it's obvious. So she now tells her the riddle and says, if you solve this, no tasks, you're good to go. Everyone's curse is broken. So the riddle is, there are those who seek me a lifetime, but never we meet. And those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorned I become a difficult beast to defeat. For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow." Now, this girl's illiterate, so she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. She can't even read, let alone figure out a riddle. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl is like, I have no idea. Granted, she is illiterate, but I feel like she's pretty smart. And I feel like she, like, can have normal conversations. She probably could have figured it out, but I also think she's under a lot of stress. And she's kind of she's probably, probably shell-shocked. About, yeah, and thinking about Tamlin's dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The answer was right there, girl. Right. Well, anyways, so now guess what? The first task begins. Oh, boy. This, I think, is my favorite of all three. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Because it's the most action that we get. It and is. She, it's a task that really puts Feyre's skills to the test. And so let's get into it. Okay. So basically, she's dropped into this pit. And there's all the fae like seated around the pit and in the pit there's like a maze and come to find out there's this giant worm (laughs) in the pit in the pit and it's gonna eat pharaoh and let's be honest the first time we all read this book yes every single one of us imagined the alaskan bullworm from spongebob (laughs) (laughs) now if you google like a worm which is w-y-r-m i think right yeah it's like this, like crazy, nasty, vicious-looking beast. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I straight up imagined that bald ass worm. Yes, from a SpongeBob. Yes. <laughs> All right, so now we have this nasty worm in the pit with Feyre, <laughs> and she's running around trying to escape it, but then she realizes that it can't see. Right. So and she's in this maze, and she's like, "Great." Yeah, so she rolls in the mud, 
in his feces <laughs> <laughs> to disguise herself. And Rasan makes a point because all the fairies are like, what is she doing? And Rasan's like, oh, like she just realizes that it can't see. And right, because remember, Feyre is a hunter at heart. And so she knows how to hide herself, how to track. And this is the challenge that we really can see that come to light. Yeah. So she, you know, makes points like, oh, if she wants me to hunt, then I'll hunt. So she realizes that she has to pick like her battleground, like how she's going to defeat this beast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I forgot about this, but um, Lucian is like telling her like, oh, to your left, because... She's in a maze, so she can't, like, see, like, where it's at. Right. So he really is going to bat for her. Yeah. And so basically she sets up this, these spikes, like, in another pit. Yeah, like, and, shards of bone. Yeah. And she goes to the worm, entices it, you know. She's like, hey, I'm here. And it starts following her. She, like, rounds the corner. And the worm goes flying into the pit, impales itself on these spikes. And the worm is now dead. And she even looks at Tamlin, right? And so, my Tamlin. Yes, she says my Tamlin. But I also want to make a point, like Lucian's going to bat for her screaming and Tamlin's not doing anything again. Mm-hmm. And so the worm impales itself. It's dead. But in this process, she actually ends up breaking her arm. Yes. And it's like a gruesome break. Through the skin. Disgusting. But even among that, she just busted her ass and Amarantha's like, I suppose anyone could have done that. <laughs> like, what a bitch. Like, she's a human. Come on. Right. Give her a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> and Amarantha even makes a point to say that everyone bet against her except for one person. And Feyre, just to, like, shove it home, takes one of the bones and, like, throws at her and all yeah. this nasty feces. Yeah, tries to take her out, too. Obviously, it doesn't work. Um, but then Amarantha's like, okay, take her away. I'm tired of her mundane face. Right. <laughs> like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. And then she passes out from the pain of her broken arm. And she's back in her cell. And right. she's in there for days and no one comes to her. And she's like, I'm going to die. Yeah. So she's like making peace with the fact that she's going to die from this wound. And so she's pretty much given up all hope at this point. But. But. <laughs> where it gets good. So. As she is laying there, just dying, she's starting to hallucinate, Reese just comes right in. Poof, here he is. And you're so happy, but she's not. (laughs) She tells him to go to hell. (laughs) Yeah, get away. And in this process, they start talking. She's yelling at him, even though she's dying. Um, He reveals that he's actually the one who bet on her. Yeah, he's like, you made me a lot of money. Right. And, you're, and again, he's saying it's sarcastic, kind of like a swaggering asshole kind of vibe. But mm-hmm. you're like, that's interesting. Yeah. Is it, does he really believe that she'd win and he wants to win a lot of money? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's, uh, he gave a fake name to Amarantha. Right. What's going Pretends on? Pretends he doesn't notice her, like know who she is when she comes into the throne room. And so I think that's a huge point that on the first read, we don't look at, right? We look yeah. at the base facts. But as we are all told, as these stupid teenagers who are falling for all these dumb men who are saying all these pretty things, Tamlin saying things, right, previous, I love you, this, that, whatever, his actions suck. Yes. Reese is saying a bunch of not good things. But his actions (laughs) Mm -hmm. give you some pause. Exactly. So ladies, actions over words. Always. (laughs) (laughs) 
do it. So Rastan is like, don't you want me to heal, heal your arm? And she's like, get out. And he's like, come on, like, you know, you're going to die. And she was like, well, what's the cost? So in true Faye fashion, they make a bargain. <laughs> they do. And he at first says that he wants two weeks every month, two weeks of his choosing, but she'll come live with him. And so, again, this is where, like, the Hades Persephone vibe comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, as the conversation goes on, he's like, all right, one one week a month. Because two weeks a month is half of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I just is... think it's interesting that he's willing to, you know, like, barter with her. That is true. <sighs> and Feyre is also so, like, you could tell she's so against it. And she's trying to not make this bargain. But he's like, you're going to die. Come on. what's two, What's two weeks? What's one week? And she holds out for a while. Yeah. And she tells him to go to hell. I don't want to do this. Um, finally, which I don't love this part, even knowing future books, this part still kind of makes me like, ooh. Mm-hmm. He grabs the shard of bone in her arm and twists it. Yeah. Which is like, even as you read the series, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, and so he basically says... Okay, I'm going to leave then. Well, she and, spits in his face after he does. Yeah, but sh- <laughs> amen. Good job. Uh, and then, yeah, he even <laughs> says, I bet you'll be spitting on Death's face when she comes to claim you too. And he starts to leave. He's like, fine, fuck you. Yeah. And he's like fading. Right. Fading away. And then she agrees. She's like, wait. Right. She's like, oh, actually, I'm going to die. Yeah. So, fine. So, she accepts this bargain. Um... He eventually agrees to the one week a month. They go back and forth, five days, 10 days, a week. Okay, great, fine. So a week it is, all this stuff. They make a bargain, and all of a sudden she has a full sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, whoa. Yeah, she, make it go away, I said, and he <laughs> laughed. <laughs> He's like, no. Um, and she's like, what is this? And he tells her, in the night court, it's custom for bargains to be permanently marked upon the flesh. So... It's there. And of course, her first thought is, oh my God, what's Tamlin going to think? Yes. Feyre. And he knows that. He does know that. And he thinks it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do too. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's also like, Tamlin, if you cared that much, you should have gone and saved her. Like, Reese is Amarantha's whore. So she clearly has tabs on him, knows where he is. Okay, fine. He clearly snuck away. Lucian clearly snuck away to save mm-hmm. her. You're telling me that Tamlin's on, like, this, like, 24-7 watch? I don't think so. Well, yeah, because, you know, as we find out a little bit later, he has some free reign when Amarantha mm. is preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when Amarantha's fucking Reese. Yeah. You're telling me that Tamlin is just... What's he doing? <laughs> He's sitting there. He's sitting there, <laughs> right? It's like the start of a porno. Jeez. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, so... I don't love that he's not helping her at all. And I think he could be. I do. Yeah. And I agree. so after this bargain, Feyre's a little defeated. Um, and now in between her two main tasks, they won't let her rest. Because why would they? They give her all these stupid tasks. Yeah. She- Clean the floors with like muddy water. Mm-hmm. And basically. Clean up the lentils. <laughs> the lentils. Oh, see, lentils were important. Yeah. <laughs> Not the lentils. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so 
she cleans the floor. The lady of the autumn court helps her yeah. because she saved Lucian's life. Yes, which I thought was sweet. Yeah, we, we like her. She, she mm-hmm. seems nice. Yeah. Uh, and the lentils. <laughs> and of course, they say, clean up all these lentils out of this fireplace. Yeah. Whose fireplace is it? Rosanne's. <laughs> right. Which, of course it is. And so he comes in the room and she's scared at first, but then he magics all the lentils away. And then when they come back, he tells the guards, he says, no more tasks for her. That's it. She's done. And so there are no more little simple tasks. Yeah. And on top of that, she starts getting like hot meals. Mm-hmm. So again, mm. he's kind of going to bat for her, right? He's like, these little stupid chores are dumb. Um, she can't just eat this like moldy bread. <laughs> Give her hot meals. And so this starts happening. And so... She's still a prisoner, mm-hmm. but it seems manageable now. Yeah, and also through these interactions, like she's learning more because Rasand is telling her about you know the High Lords, how they all have like a beast form, and he even says like oh, so many questions from a little human. So right. you know, Ferris still trying to piece together who the hell are all who the hell are all these people. And, and yes, he is actually answering her questions. That's what I was just going to say. Yes. She's been asking Tamlin the whole book questions and getting no answers yes. or he's evading them. She's asking Reese. Granted, they're simple questions, but he's answering her. Yes. She's getting a fuller scope of the world that she is in. Mm-hmm. And through Feyre, we are also getting a scope of the world that she's in, which I think is a really creative way to do that. We're learning right alongside her. Which I like. Yes. And so. (laughs) Let's uh, spice things up a notch. Oh, we're going to get real spicy. (laughs) So (laughs) she's in her cell. She's getting her hot meals. Great. And she is beckoned um, to a party. The first party under the mountain. Yeah. And she used to be Rasan's date to the party. Yes. And he dresses her. Well, he calls her an escort. Um, she's essentially an escort. <laughs> I think that's probably more appropriate than date. <laughs> yes. So basically, there's these fairy servants that come to her and they paint her body. So she's got like scraps of clothing on, just covering the major bits, and everything else is painted. And it's painted in the same fashion as her, her tattoo, bargain tattoo. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like camouflage. Mm-hmm. And. She's like, why is this necessary? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, how else would I know if anyone touches you? So now it's almost like he's claiming Feyre. Right. And (sighs) he says this, but we'll talk about that. So (laughs) he, yeah. So he puts this paint on her that will get smudged, Mm -hmm. whatever. He even says, I don't like my belongings tampered with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And... As they go to this party, he's essentially parading her around naked. Um, and this particular party is for midsummer. Now, as he brings her in, he tells everyone about the bargain. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, haha. Because really, again, Tamlin's having no reaction. Amarantha's like, oh, why is she here? Yeah. Why is she dressed like that? What have you done with her? Mm-hmm. And he's like, we made a bargain. That's it. Just drops it. Yeah. And he tells the whole bargain. One week with me at the night court. And 
Amarantha's kind of like, she like sits up a little straighter and she was like, what? Like you could probably tell she was. She's probably like a little jealous. Well, that makes me nervous. Like the first time reading, I was like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? But because all she says is, well, enjoy the party. Right. You're like, oh no, he messed up. Yeah. This is bad. Um, not necessarily. I mean, she definitely is pissed, but she lets them go to the party and it's mm-hmm. fine. And so he tells her to drink the fairy wine. She, in her mind, recounts, Alice mentioned, do not drink this fairy wine. It's different than the one you had on summer solstice. Not good. Mm-hmm. He essentially makes her drink it. She gulps it down. As these parties happen, we'll talk more about this particular party, but this is a theme. She drinks the wine. She has the paint on. And she blocks out. Yes. And and then wakes up having no clue what happened. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about our theories and how this looks on a first read. Yeah. Based on our thoughts on the second read. So we'll get there. But as she's at this first party, she literally ends up talking to Lucian. And she goes, is Tamlin all right? I mean, that spell Amarantha has him under to make him so silent. And Lucian's like, he's not under a spell. (laughs) Because he's not. No. He's just deciding not to engage. And mind you, Lucian kind of says, like, hasn't it occurred to you that Tamlin's keeping quiet to avoid telling Amarantha, like, keying her into, if you torture fairy, you torture me. Like, Mm -hmm. It could be worse for you if he does react. I guess. I think that's a cop-out. Yes. That's like what Lucian's explaining and saying that's why he's not talking. Mm -hmm. How much worse is it going to get for her? I mean, okay, this is the thing, though, right? Is you have this high lord Mm -hmm. of Springcourt who, you know, even though he has his powers diminished, he still has powers, Mm -hmm. as we have seen through this whole book. And you have this human girl who, you know is really good at hunting and she's going to bat time and time again yes. to fight for him. And he's not reciprocating. Can't even do anything. Like even if she looks away and you give her a little wink, I mean, I know anything you're telling me that she is so laser focused on your narcissistic ass that you can't even give her a little like signal, whatever. And as you mentioned before, he clearly does have some spare fucking time. Yeah. So we'll get there. <laughs> And so she finds out Tamlin is not under a spell. Okay, great. So he's just a dick. <laughs> and Tamlin has to sit there and watch Feyre make a fool of herself every night. Right. And so these parties keep happening. Yep. The paint keeps going on. She's dressed in cobwebs. She's, she's drinking the wine. Hammered. And she even <laughs> says that she wakes up every time and she has really vague memories of dancing. Yeah. But she says his hands are stained blue, meaning Reese, and they touch her waist, her arms, but somehow never more than that. And she makes a point to say that on multiple occasions as these parties keep happening, is that she's always touched appropriate places. He's being respectful. She's drunk and doesn't remember things, but there's also horrific things happening at these parties, so potentially, good, she's not remembering them. Again... On a first read, you're like, this guy is getting her drunk. Yeah. He's touching her, and it seems bad. It's bad. But there are very minuscule details showing, okay, it's not crossing that line of inappropriate, 
nothing's really happening. Yes. And so, <laughs> in one of these parties, uh, the High Lord of Summer's there, as are all the other High Lords, and there's a Summer Court person brought forward. Oh, yeah. For, like, trying to escape. Yes. And Amarantha goes, Reese, go into his mind, figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening, long story short. Hold on. So now we know that Rissan has the ability Mm -hmm. to go into people's minds. Yes. Which I felt like I was like, whoa. Like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not only is he her whore, but he's, like, her henchman. Like, he's doing her dirty work. Right. Like, whatever she's saying... To him, like, go into his mind, do this, do that. He's doing. And so that's where you start kind of feeling like, is he good? Is he bad? I don't know. And so she's telling him to, okay, go to this summer court person, shatter his mind. Okay, fine. And so in this process, he basically just kills this person quickly, instantaneously. And Favor says at the end, I wondered whether anyone but he and the High Lord of Summer Court knew that the killing had been a mercy. I was willing to bet that there had been others involved in that escape plan, perhaps even the High Lord of the Summer Court himself. So basically, Favor says, okay, he kind of mercy killed this guy. Yeah. On top of that, she's also having all these thoughts like, okay, he is having me drink and is touching the paint. But it's always appropriate places. And because she doesn't remember the parties, that paint serves as a way for her to know that he never touches her inappropriately. Yes. And so we're seeing these like little kernels of kindness. Not very obvious, Mm -hmm. but they're there. Yeah. And Feyre's now like starting to pick up on it. Right. And so she goes to all these parties. It's kind of repetitive. A bunch of nights. But now her second task arrives. Oh, boy. So the second task. So Feyre is now, once again, thrown into the courtroom. Court- <laughs> Throne room. I honestly <laughs> was like, that's fine. Are we going to jail? <laughs> Anyways. So basically, we have said before that Feyre is illiterate. So it only makes sense that her second task has to do with reading. But, like, I don't think Amarantha knows. No, she didn't know. So it's just, I guess, poor luck on Feyre's part. Right, like, I guess how the first task was good luck that she's a hunter. Yeah. This one's like, oopsies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess in theory, this was supposed to be the easier task. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, God. Yeah. So basically, Feyre's, like, in, like, this one kind of cage, and Lucian is in this other cage. They're next to each other. And... Feyre has to um, was it solve this, this riddle. And this bitch loves riddles. Yeah. So, like, she has to read this riddle, and then she has to choose number one, two, or three mm-hmm. for, like, the answer. And while she's trying to figure this out, there's this, like, ceiling that's being dropped with spikes. So if Feyre doesn't figure it out, they're getting smushed. Right. Her and Lucian. Yeah. I think it's also really funny, as we're talking about this in depth, how... Like, Amarantha uses Lucian as a bargaining tool, not Tamlin. Like, I know. Every time it's like, oh, Lucian's in danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. Like, why wouldn't she put Tamlin in there instead? Maybe because she doesn't want to risk Tamlin because she still has a hot spot. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, but she's I think it's funny how she's like always Lucian. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, this is what happens when you're friends with Ray. I can't speak. Anyways, so she's like reading this riddle, and Amarantha's like, you know, is there something wrong? And Lucian's like, answer it! Like he's freaking out because it's getting closer and closer, and she and just he has. Knows. Yeah, she can't read. No, and she's just like, oh, fuck me. So I think it's really funny how SJM is like slowly showing, like writing how Feyre is trying to pronounce the words. Yeah, like there's a, it's like three dot, 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 grass, dot, 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 grass, hope, dot, dot, grass, hoppers, dot, dot. Like, it's just brutal. Right, because you know there's a ceiling crushing on her. (laughs) And you're like, read the fucking words. I almost felt like Lucian. I'm like, Feyre, come on. Yeah. You know what this task was kind of reminding me of? Uh, What was that show that Joe Rogan used to host? Fear Factor? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like this was like a Fear Factor thing. Right, except like they would really die. Well, hopefully no one on Fear Factor died. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyways, so Feyre's like, I have no time left. So she goes to press one of the buttons. And she was just like, I'm just going to go for it. And she feels like this little like zap mm-hmm. in her hand. And she's like, what? So she like pulls her hand away mm-hmm. and goes back and she feels the zap again. And she does this with the other two and there's no zap at like one of them, mm-hmm. whether it was one, two or three, whichever. And she presses the button and guess what the ceiling stops moving right and she even says as she's feeling these zaps she's like looking at reese because she's like it's him Mm -hmm. and she knows and he's not like showing any emotion no but she knows and so as we know that he can go into your mind and stuff now he's talking to her now he starts talking to her and she's super upset. She's like, how am I going to beat this third task? I can't even fucking read. <laughs> and she's feeling real low about herself. And he's saying nice things into her mind. He's saying, don't let her see you cry. Stand up. Don't give her the satisfaction of seeing you break. And he's saying like, stare her down. No tears. Like wait till you're back in your cell. He says, don't look at Tamlin. Mm-hmm. Just stare at her. And so she does all this. She's obeying. And she's like, okay. And Mm -hmm. I think she's at such a low mental point that she's just listening. And she needs that, like, almost, like, directions to just keep herself together. Mm -hmm. And she even mentions on more than one occasion, as she's still there, she says, Rhysand's words echoed through my mind, holding me together. Now she goes back to her cell that and was literally like a knife to the gut. I remember when I read that the first time, yeah. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, because like he literally is. And then she goes back to her cell and she's just devastated. She's crying. And then he like pops into her cell. <laughs> and he's like, hey. And it's funny because he's still like kind of a little bit of a dick. He comes in and goes, still weeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then... He, like, bends down, like, next mm-hmm. to her and licks her tears off her cheeks. Yeah, so I don't like that. No. Um, and I guess this part makes me kind of laugh a little because she stops crying. <laughs> and he goes, I figured that would get you to stop crying. <laughs> and, like, I guess, yeah, it's, like, the shock factor. Um, but he's kind of saying, like, why are you crying? You passed the second task. Like, mm-hmm. do one more left. Like, you got this, you know? And 
He's kind of a dick, but also kind of making good points. He's also trying to be like a little funny. Like he's yes. like, oh, I'm trying to think of ways to torment you when you come to my court. Like, should I make you read? <laughs> right. And I think he knows with her, when she's defeated, she's emotionless. If she's feeling that spark of anger, it shows there's fight in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he's trying to bring that out of her. And so she's kind of like firing back, being feisty with him. But he tells her, okay. I'll spare you the escort duties tomorrow. So he's kind of, again, being a little bit nice. We're not sure how to feel. But then he leaves and she makes a comment to herself and says, it took me a long while to realize that Resand, whether he knew it or not, had effectively kept me from shattering completely. Again, knife to the gut. Yeah. I think at this point I was team Resand. I think I was intrigued. I didn't have enough where I was full team, but I knew I was like, even from a reading standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot more of this guy than fucking Tamlin. Yeah, I think I was just over Tamlin. I was like, this, no, fuck him. He doesn't get a redemption arc. Um, We're going to go with the Morley Gray. For sure. Get him out. You and the blonde, bro. (laughs) I feel like any chance you get, like, he's blonde. So he's blonde. It's because he's blonde. Yep. You're a hater. (laughs) That's how it is. Um, And so she basically is just like devastated. Even after he kept her from shattering, she's not having a good time. So she's just laying in her cell. She says, thinking of Tamlin made everything worse, which she means like she misses him. But out of context, that makes me laugh. Yeah. She's like thinking of this guy. (laughs) My life sucks. (laughs) Um. And so she was saying, like, I knew the third task would kill me. Okay, fine. So she's having just a horrible time. She knows she's not going to leave this mountain alive. That's what she's telling herself. And so while she's in her cell just feeling super defeated and broken, all of a sudden this music Mm. enters her cell. Yeah. Also, want to cry. Yes. (laughs) Well, on the second read. On the um, first, I think I felt, like, a little sense of hope in the first read. Yeah. I was confused. I remember that. I was like, where the fuck is this music coming from? Yeah, I think, but I was like... Because I thought she was, like, hallucinating or dreaming. Mm. So I was like, oh my god, this poor girl, like, she's that low. She's creating, like, a hopeful situation for herself. Yeah. I do see what you're saying, but I think the way she described the music, Mm -hmm. it made me feel, like, a bit of emotion. Just, like, okay, like, she has something to live for. Even if she's imagining it. She has something to live for. Yeah, like, it just was, like... Tamlin is is her something to live for. God. So she describes this music and she basically just describes this like the most beautiful music that you have ever heard in your life. And she just says, you know, there's a palace in the sky, uh, a hall of moonstone and just fantasy dwells in peace. And you're like, how lovely. And so this little bit of hope kind of reignites her. She feels okay. Probably still going to die, <laughs> but she's not feeling as gloom and as defeated. And so there's two more days until the final, tri- final trial. And then she's like, all right, well, we'll see what happens either way. Yeah. So now there's another party. <laughs> of course. So she says that like Rasan took longer than usual to summon her. And basically when she ends up at this party, all of a sudden these fingers brush hers and who is it? Tammy boy. He finally comes around. The but, day before the final trial. Yes. And, you know, obviously she's probably floored 
that, you know, he found his way to her. Yeah, she's hyped. Yeah, so, of course, what happens? They end up going to, like, a closet or something, right? Yeah. I don't know, but... Like, a, yeah, they went to, like, a, a little empty room. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, now all of a sudden, the beast is back, and Tamlin slams his body into her, and they're making out. She's trying to take his shirt off, and he's, like, biting her neck again. And she's saying, I want him here. Yeah, he's she's, like, unbuckling his pants, and all of a sudden, Rosanda's like, hmm, this is very shameful. <laughs> and they're both caught red-handed. But, and I think, first of all, I agree with Reese. And second of all, he didn't say one word to her. Like, I get it. Fine. You couldn't in the main throne room mm-hmm. because obviously speaking would, you know. Mind you, his mask is still on. Yeah. Right? Aren't all their masks yeah. still on? Yeah. Well, they're still on the curse. And <laughs> yeah, like, I just feel like, yeah, you would expose Making yourself Making out with you... <laughs> Jason in the closet. <laughs> She's like, ooh, this gets me. <laughs> um, yeah. They didn't speak at all in the throne room. Fine. It would reveal you... Okay, you just start ripping at her neck. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, you haven't talked. You won't even look at her. And the first chance that you have to get her alone is you're mauling her again. You're not asking, like, oh, my God, like, how are you? Like, what's going on? Like, I love you. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he could have been so, like, comforting, I guess. And still, like, been kissing her, like, kissing her face. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, we're going to get out of this? Yeah. No, he was just... Really, with her. He's trying to get a nut off before he had to go back to Amarantha. Which is insane. So Reese feels the way we feel and he's like shameful. Yeah. Disgusting. And so he <laughs> says, look at what you've done to my pet. <laughs> and so he says that. But I think what he means and what he's trying to point out is Feyre in her true under the mountain attire is wearing her cobwebs and her paint and her paint is all fucked up because tamlin is a ravenous beast grabbing at her yeah boobs and butt and everything and rasan's like i wonder how like amarantha's gonna punish you you know when she finds out and you know tamlin like removes his hands and he steps away and he looks at Feyre, and he leaves. Right, and it's Feyre's shocked because he leaves under Reese's instruction, and he says, "So Reese says to Tamlin, be a clever high lord, buckle your belt, fix your clothes before you go out there." And she says, "To my horror, he did as Reese and instructed." So are we surprised when Reese first showed up to the spring court? Tamlin's head was on the floor, groveling. Right. He listens to him because Which is pathetic. Yeah. I, it's just crazy. But you know what really gets me? Mm. is like Tamlin leaves and Ryson makes that little joke like, oh, if you're that desperate for release, you should have just asked me. Right. And he kind of goes off that. Again, you think he's kind of an asshole, but he kind of goes in and starts kissing her and you're like, whoa, what, what's going on? Yeah. But then Amarantha comes in. Right. And so. Which, okay, so I want to ask you mm-hmm. now, like, thinking of all this, right? Do you think, like, maybe, like, Tamlin squealed to Amarantha, like, oh, like, they're in there? No, I think she or, just was coming in. 
Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. Like she saw Tamlin leave and like where was Rice, Reese, whatever? Uh, I think she didn't even notice Tamlin was gone no. in my head. I think she just like noticed that Feyre and Reese were gone. Mm-hmm. And I think she almost like brought them in. She brought Tamlin in to catch them. And because she even says, I knew it was a matter of time. You humans are all the same. So I think in my head, she didn't realize Tamlin was gone. Tamlin's back at her side. She was like, oh, I went to the bathroom. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then she notices that Reese and Favor are gone. And she brings Tamlin to almost like stick it to him. Mm. That's what I think. Okay. In like okay. my head. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can um, see that. But Reese does this because her paint is all fucked up. Yeah. So there needs to be a reason for that. Exactly. So like, he covers for Tamlin. Right. Another act of kindness. I know. And so she goes to her cell and... Here comes Reese again. <laughs> She's like, what do you want? And he was like, just a moment of peace and quiet. Like, oh, hard day at the office, boy? Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, he's going for comfort, you know? And he also, at this point, they also both of them point out that he's never touched her inappropriately. Because um, he even says, he's like, Tamlin's not going to kill me after this because I have never, in theory, done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I have never touched you. Yes inappropriately so he should not kill me and then interestingly he reveals to Fabra that his father killed Tamlin's father and his brothers boom so we find out that the person from the enemy court was yes. and his father which insane how it all connects right yeah so we'll talk about that we just want to point that out that this was revealed to Fabra. yeah so now it is the day of the final task. We're here. Third and final. Oh, boy. So, again, Amarantha brings Feyre. Or, well, Feyre's taken to Amarantha for this final task. Mm-hmm. And Amarantha asks her, like, oh, any words before you die? <laughs> <laughs> and Feyre turns to Tamlin and she's like, I love you. No matter what she says, no matter with my only insignificant human heart, um, I love you. And guess what? <laughs> doesn't react. He Says didn't nothing. even grip the arms of his throne. He doesn't care. Like, she's pledging her love to you. She knows she's probably going to die. And you can't even have any sort of flinch, emotion, anything. Right. And so... She's devastated by this. <laughs> We're devastated by this. I'm saying my sigh. I'm also <laughs> devastated. And so Amarantha now reveals Feyre's final task. The final task is that she has to kill three innocent Fey. Mm-hmm. But they have bags over their heads. They do. So she doesn't know who she's killing until, like, the, the bag is removed. Right. And Amarantha's saying, hey, you don't know who they are yet, but just say no. They're innocent. Like, mm-hmm. just really being an asshole yeah and so her point of this is like you know you humans it shouldn't matter to you yes. mind you favor is like this sucks um and so her you know big revelation she has to kill a fairy fall in love with a fairy then be forced to kill a fairy to keep that love like okay Farah, let's keep it going mm-hmm. so the first phase bag is removed they beg her she stabs him that was probably really rough like, yeah. I remember reading that. I'm like, oh my God, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? I'm like, she's got to do it. She's got to save Tamlin. 
Right. And, like, you know that, but SJM does a great job of, like, writing the colors of the fairies' eyes. Yeah. Their expressions. They're begging. And you're like, fuck. (laughs) And so she does it once. And now she's like, gotta do it two more times. Well, also, Amarantha's like, she's like, don't look so miserable. Aren't you having fun? Like, okay. Hot take. Amarantha, cold-hearted bitch, but, like, hysterical. Yeah, for sure. Like, she just, like, says the most out-of-pocket... Comments. Funny things. Yeah. (laughs) The second fairy Mm -hmm. is a bit more understanding than the first one. Um, They're like, okay. They start saying the mother's prayer to themselves. Mm -hmm. And she's just falling apart. Yeah, she's like, how how am I going to do this two more times? But she does. (laughs) She stabs her right in the heart. And now one more left. Oh boy. And so she pulls the bag. Now her hands are covered in blood. Pulls the bag. (laughs) And guess who's underneath the bag? Tamlin. (laughs) So how he didn't react to her confessing his love, we find out that it was actually the adder next to Amarantha. But what I want to point out is that him not reacting was so believable for us. Yeah. Because he hasn't reacted. Exactly. So you're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So now she has to kill Tamlin. And you're like, what's going on? So now Favor's mind is spinning. All and over the place. And she's like, Amarantha wouldn't kill him. Like, she loves him. Mm-hmm. Confused. Now Favor starts going back and back and back. Okay. And she remembers all these moments that people reference Tamlin's heart of stone. Mm-hmm. Now she thinks this is an expression... But it's, but it's not. not. <laughs> and so at one point, someone How said... How perfect. <laughs> right. Someone said, for someone with a heart of stone, yours is certainly soft these days. Another time, the adder said, though you have a heart of stone, Tamlin, you certainly keep a host of fear inside it. So, Feyre's like, hmm, is this real? Mm-hmm. So she takes a gamble. But here's... I know, I'm sorry for beating a dead horse. Do we find this corny? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, (sighs) but as a new reader, I don't think so. I think I did. Uh, I honestly can't remember now. It was just very, like, stereotypical fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember being happy that, you know, this was the case. That, like... Yeah, because we do at this point... Although, although we want episode, Tamlin to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this episode, we're kind of shitting on Tamlin. But at this point, as new readers, we're definitely happy. Like, there's a scapegoat and, like, a way out yeah. of this situation. If not for Tam- not for Tamlin's sake, but for Feyre. Right, because she does love him. Yeah. And so she stabs him. Yes. Yeah, he's gone. But lo and behold, Amarantha is not having it. Well, right, because... Pharaoh's right. Yeah. His heart was made of stone and he's fine. <laughs> yeah, so basically, you know, Tamlin cries out as she stabs him. Mm-hmm. Before she stabs him, she tells him again, I love you. Mm-hmm. And the mask didn't fall off. Mm-hmm. And Amarantha's like, yeah, I'll just free them when I want. I never said when. Mm-hmm. So this tricky little bitch was, who knows if she was ever really going to Right. Free them. And she said, I only said I would free them instantaneously if you solve the riddle. Yeah. I never said when I would free them when you beat the tasks. Exactly. 
and you know everyone i think there was like a few of them who were like free them free them right and she was like no and then she looks at favor and she's like and i'm gonna kill you yeah <laughs> so now yeah. you're like oh shit things are about to go down yeah and so she's like screaming at her she's like admit you don't love him yeah admit you're a coward she's raging and you're like oh no 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 <laughs> and so all of a sudden she's getting thrown to the ground she's getting ripped apart and she can't even scream because she's in so much pain and reese calls out for her Mm-hmm. And with a knife in his hands yes and she says Resand yelled my name again yelled it as though he cared wow <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just breaking her bones yeah but I would like to mention how Resand is the one mm-hmm. who has the knife and is fighting for Feyre where's Tamlin right and mind you as Amarantha's whore he has this whole facade he is risking his whole facade yes right now in this moment by trying to kill her he's exposing his true colors exactly mind you we know tamlin is against amarantha it wouldn't even be a risk of exposure and Mm -hmm. he's doing nothing nothing no but you know what he does do he begs amarantha not to kill her (laughs) right this man with his fucking begging i'm so over it yeah and so then after that pharaoh's like thinking of the riddle and she finds out that the answer is love of fucking course it is (laughs) um i think i knew it was love when it says like scorned i'm a difficult beast to defeat because scorned love like i feel like Mm. okay i kind of knew then or when i kill i do it slow i think in those moments that's kind of what like keyed me into it Mm -hmm. but like again and I think at that point, when the riddle came out, I was like, oh, there's a riddle. Of course, the answer is love. Mm, okay, yeah. You know? Totally, I get so, that. So, yeah, so she solves the riddle. And then... <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> Amarantha kills her. Yeah. Cracked her fucking spine. That... I remember jaw to the floor when I first oh, read that. for sure. Whoa! For sure. Oh, show. So... She's now dead, but she's seeing, like, herself. And she's like, what the She's fuck? having an out-of-body experience. Yes, but she realizes that she's looking at herself from Rhysand's eyes. Yes. And she sees her freaking body all just twisted and broken. And because she solved the riddle, the curse is broken. Yes. The bargain was made, and Amarantha can't even stop it. All of a sudden, everyone gets their powers back. Mm-hmm. And Tamlin. Yes. Kills Amarantha. So, again, Reese, when he didn't have all his powers back, was going to kill her with a knife, risking it all. Mm -hmm. Tamlin didn't do shit. Now, Tamlin has all of his powers back, and he's like, oh, I can do it now. First of all, that's great. You waited until you were at full power because you're a coward. Second of all, she just killed the fucking quote-unquote love of your life, and your first thought is to go kill her, which... I respect you killing her, but, like, are you fucking kidding me? She risked it all for you. Yep. And you don't care. Twisted love. I just, like, don't understand that thought process. But, fine, he goes, and I guess maybe it's the rage fueling him. He goes over to Amarantha, and doesn't he, like, 
bite her throat out? Yeah. yeah, he rips her throat out. He unleashes the beast. Bites another girl's neck. Of course he does. <laughs> so Right for the dead. jugular every time. Right. Yeah, so now Fa- so Amaranth is dead, Fair is dead, and Tamlin comes over and like essentially drops like a spark of his essence into her. Mm-hmm. And eventually all the other high lords follow suit. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He says, I love you. And all of a sudden, she's lifted back up into her body. And she's alive! But, <laughs> though she's alive, she's now a high fae. Ah! Which, amazing. Like, I wanted that the whole book. <laughs> so, I feel like that's, like, where it was leading, right? Right. So that, that's my point, I guess, is I don't mind that. Like, predictable plot that happens, kind of fine with it. It was more so the riddle and this, that, and the other that, like, I'm not into. And so, although we're hyped that she's a high fae, she's not super hyped. And so Tamlin's like, this is the only way that we could have saved you. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I'm kind of, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, I I want to be a high fae. Exactly. I mean, you could see all that they're able to do. What is a measly human life compared to this fae life? And you also get hotter. <laughs> and you have magical powers. Sign me up. For sure. And so now Tamlin can take his mask off. Yay. <laughs> She's like, you're beautiful. Okay, great. So now they're having just a beautiful time. But we can't end the book without saying goodbye to our pal. Yeah. So as the story is drawing to a close here... Um, Feyre wakes up and she's feeling a tug to go like outside or like on a ledge or something from the mountain. And she walks out and there is her sand standing there waiting for her. And what does she say? What do you want? (laughs) And he's just like, I just want to say goodbye. And so they talk about, you know, how she's going to have to see him again eventually because of the bargain they have. And, you know, she's not really pumped. But she also, I think, is confused by him because she even asks him why. And what she means by that is she's like, why did you react that way? Mm -hmm. And he says, when the legends get written, I didn't want to be remembered for standing on the sidelines. So, like, he's a noble guy. Mm -hmm. He's like, I wasn't going to just stand there like, I'm not evil. I wasn't actually enjoying yeah. being her whore, all these things. So you're like, huh, okay. Yeah, and he also says, like, I didn't want you to fight alone or to die alone. Right, he was there for her. Oh, God. <laughs> set up, man. <laughs> and so they're saying their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. And they're talking. And he's like, okay, well, goodbye then. And... And I quote, he bowed at the waist, those wings vanishing entirely and had begun to fade into the nearest shadow. He went rigid, his eyes locked on mine, wide and wild, and his nostrils flared. Shock, pure shock flashed across his features at whatever he saw on my face and stumbled back a step. Actually stumbled. I got chills. (laughs) Woo! So, first read, you're like, what? What? (laughs) Because... Yeah, like, it's a big enough moment where you know it's a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, something's happening. Yeah. Second read, you're like, fuck (laughs) yeah. 
And in book two, we find out why that is a fuck yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, guys, book two is next. <laughs> okay. So, fine, that happens, and he disappears after that. He winnows yep. away. And winnowing is when you vanish and you can, like, teleport, essentially. Yeah. So he's gone. And so, that's it. Tamlin and her leave the way they came in, through the tunnels, and... He says, let's go home. Yeah. And she keeps saying that, right? She says, I beheld the rose-covered manor, home. I've made it. I brought us both home. And then she ends and says, let's go home, I said, and I took his hand. And that's it. Happily ever after. And the book ends. She beat Amarantha. She beat the trials and the riddle. She's home with her love. Yeah. And I am so happy that we are now done with this book because now (laughs) we can really get into the nitty gritty. I think book two is both of our favorites. Yeah. In the series. Yeah. So we're so excited we are excited to talk about it. <laughs> um, we're ready. And I think book one is a great way to set up the plot. Yeah. All backstory. We're done with it. But book two, it's like a whole different world. That's where you see like the true character development, like really step in. And you're kind of, you know, given this whole other world. New world. Yeah. New people. We can't wait to share it with you guys. <laughs> we're so excited. We're going to scream a lot more. <laughs> And so we will catch you guys next week for A Court of Mist and Fury, part one. And we'll see you guys then. Get excited! Because we are (laughs) so excited. (laughs) All right. See you then. Bye. Bye.